Hey everyone, I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. Every week, we sit down with freelancers like you for actionable coaching calls with one mission. To help you ditch the feast-famine lifestyle. And build your own sustainable business. At one point, we were both brand new freelancers, barely making ends meet. But by now, we've started, grown, and even sold a few businesses of our own. And we want to help you do the same. If you're ready to go from freelance to founder, then join the army of freelancers who are taking matters into their own hands. Visit FreelanceToFounder.com to apply for your own on-air coaching call. And now, get ready to take some notes because an all-new episode of Freelance to Founder starts right now. On today's show, have you ever found yourself asking, can I really make this work? I'm joined by Travis on this episode who has a successful side hustle and a full-time job he really loves. But Travis has some questions, questions about how to make it all work. Like, should he ever consider quitting his job and taking the business full-time? What should he know about business to grow his company? And what kind of safety net might he need if he does take the business full-time? We chat through these questions and lots more to help Travis move up the freelance to founder scale and build the business he really wants. Join us after this quick message. When you wake up in the morning and check your phone, does it feel like this or like this? Because with Shopify, your morning can feel like this way more often. That's the sound of a sale being made on your new Shopify store. And while client payments may require weeks or months of work, you can start generating a semi-passive income to grow your business by setting up a Shopify store all of your own. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your latest designs on shirts or bags or adding something totally different to your business, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. You can sell online, you can sell in person, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. With Shopify, you can set up your store in minutes and start selling immediately. And Shopify's award-winning support is there to help you as you go. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash freelance. That's all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash freelance to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash freelance or click the link in our show description and start waking up to this. Hey guys, you've got enough tough decisions to make every month as you grow your business. Picking your next great book to read should not be one of them. With Book of the Month, you can forget about the hassle of browsing through endless shelves or scrolling infinitely through an overwhelming amount of book options online. Book of the Month simplifies the process of finding the next great thing to read by offering a carefully selected lineup of five to seven titles to pick from each month. From gripping thrillers to heartwarming romance and everything in between, I'm personally really excited about this new announcement from Book of the month, curated audiobooks. Since you're listening to podcasts, I assume that you like audiobooks and you're like me, you're more of a downloader than a page turner. And this is your moment. I'm right here with you. I've picked out my selections for March already and you can too. Joining book of the month is super easy, very affordable. Plus for a limited time, new members can get their first book for just $9.99 with code CHIRP. Visit bookofthemonth.com now to pick your next great read. That's bookofthemonth.com with promo code CHIRP, C-H-I-R-P, or click the link in our show description. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. My name is Preston Lee with Milo.co, and joining me on the air today is my new friend, Travis. Really quickly before we introduce Travis, you might be used to me saying that joining me on the air is my friend Clay Mosley from GetDripify.com. Clay, uh, on the day we're recording this, he texted me and he was like, 
my power's gone out. Uh, apparently, they don't know how to handle the cold in Texas. Sorry, Texans. Uh, but um, Clay is not able to join us today, unfortunately, so we'll catch him next time. But I am excited to have Travis Boyko here um, joining me on the air. Hey, Travis, how you doing? Fantastic. Thanks for having me. Good, man. Excited that you're here. Uh, I'm excited to talk about your business today. We were talking a little before we hit record. Um, I think we're going to have some really interesting things to talk about, but why don't you update the listeners really quick, give them an idea of your what your business is, what it kind of looks like, what you what services you offer, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, hey, everybody. My name is Travis. I'm based out of Ottawa in Canada. Um, I'm a graphic designer, writer, and I suppose all-around marketer. I, I basically help companies kind of stand out a little bit more in the digital age and help them navigate kind of this strange time that we live in um, digitally. Um, essentially, I offer a, a, a pretty comprehensive amount of services that I'm trying to really hone in, but primarily it's graphic design services, kind of branding and identity services. And over, I suppose, the past two years, I've really found there's um, a, a larger need for things like slide deck and pitch deck services and writing and content services mm. to really help people um, <laughs> kind of manage their time and, and be kind of the person who's working in the background and help them kind of succeed and, and make sure that they can get their stuff done on time. Cool. I love it. So if, if listeners want to follow along while we're chatting, they can check out your business at travisboyco.com, just like it sounds. And uh, from you know, I'm looking at your website right now as we chat, and it's really fantastic, really well designed, looks really great. Thanks. Um, so well done. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. There's yeah, a lot of a, a labor of love, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, I really love some of these elements. Um, so be sure to follow along on Travis's website. Uh, and and so Travis, tell us. How long have you been sort of at this? I know this is a side hustle for you. Tell us sort of what the situation is there. Just paint us kind of a picture of what your what your relationship with this business looks like. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say it really kicked off really at the beginning of the pandemic. I've I've always been someone who's kind of done kind of slide side hustles or, or freelance work on the side. Normally when I'm doing kind of like my full-time job. I just like to, to be a bit creative and and it's not always usually for money. I'm usually just like, yeah, why mm-hmm. not? Let's get involved <laughs> yeah, in, yeah. in something creative. I, I like helping out. I like to to be creative in my free time. But really cool. when, and what do you sorry, what do you do? Yeah. What's your what's your job? What do you do full time? Yeah, absolutely. So by day, I'm a marketing and comms manager for a professional services yeah, yeah. and engineering firm. Okay. Um, so okay, very cool. similar role to to what I do on on my on my side hustle as well. Cool. Okay. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, I, I would I would say it really did kick off more during COVID. I had so much time. I had, I had plenty of opportunity to to kind of be creative, and I noticed there was a huge uptick in in terms of what people are looking for and and how much they need um, freelancers. Um, so I, I really started to capitalize on that. And I mean, fortunately, I've never really done any proactive marketing. It's it's really just been word of mouth uh, referrals through contacts and friends and, mm. and things like that so it, it's it's been it's been pretty good but yeah at, at the same time like you said i i am doing my my full-time job it's it's really only evenings and weekends when i'm uh when i'm able to do it i, I like to keep the two very separate so um it's really managing managing that time yeah. yeah well i know that feeling for sure um i i was mentioning before we hit record here that i I worked on my business on the side of a full-time job for eight years. So I know that feeling of like wanting to keep them separate, but also wanting to make progress on both of them. And it takes a lot of work and a lot of uh, self-control, I think, a lot of discipline. 
um, to be able to pull that off. So congrats to you. Yeah, yeah, thanks. It it is tough. It's uh you're constantly kind of juggling what you want to do, what you're able to do. It's it's you always see opportunity to to kind of move it forward and you see these these different opportunities, especially as someone who's who's doing marketing on the day-to-day basis. I'm like, oh, mm. I could be doing so much more. There's so many different <laughs> things that I could be working on. Uh, but that's that's not always the reality. Yeah. It's funny. So Clay and I are both marketers by trade and, you know, we sort of have, we have varied skill sets, but at the end of the day, like a marketer is a marketer a lot of times. And and yeah, it's like you almost, I, I don't know anyone in marketing who doesn't have at least some entrepreneurial uh, spark somewhere to just go like, oh, I could totally, <laughs> I could totally sell that <laughs> or I could totally promote that to someone and, and make it work. Or here's an idea that could work. I think because naturally you're just always thinking about how would I sell this? How would I pitch this? How would I grow this? How would I improve this? And, and, um, and so it, <laughs> a lot of times us marketers, we have side hustles. Um, I, I'm trying to think of like a single marketer that I know that doesn't either work for themselves or have a side hustle and I can't come up with one. So it's pretty common. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think just the the nature of being in the creative field, it's it's people just want to be creative. And I think, yeah. especially when it comes to marketing, if if you can sell things and make money off of it, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, and, why not? Uh, right? <laughs> exactly. And I think for me, a lot of a lot of my background is is kind of technical as well. So, like I said, I, mm. I do a lot of graphic design. So it is there, there's an opportunity to to put that creativity in and and build kind of things from from the ground up, I suppose, as opposed to maybe just, oh, I have an idea. Let's, let's see where it goes. I'm like, well, let me let me get in there. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Let's um let's transition here into your your survey that you took as you joined us on the air. And for listeners who may not be familiar, we we love having guests like Travis here on the show. Uh, the goal is to give you any advice we can to move your business forward. Travis, uh, you listened to a few episodes and you heard maybe the same thing that I'm about to say, which is if you want to join us on the show, we'd love to have you. You can visit freelance2founder.com and you just scroll to the bottom of the page. There's a really quick questionnaire. It's not very long. It just is a few questions. Um, But on that questionnaire, we ask you on a scale of one to 10, one being a a complete freelancer, 10 being a a founder or, you know, running your own business, uh, maybe employees, that sort of thing. Where would you rank yourself? And and Travis, you rank yourself currently at a four. So experienced freelancer, fair amount of clients, doing a fair bit of work, but that you put that in the next six or twelve months, you'd like to be more at an eight. Could you could you tell me what an eight looks like in your mind? What does your business look like a year from now in a perfect world? Yeah, absolutely. I I think in in a couple months, I think the idea is to kind of be a little bit more self-sufficient, have a regular flow of, of, of work coming in, have a kind of steady flow of clients coming in. Um, I, I do have a, a few regular clients right now, which is good. Um, but I, I think sometimes I, I do kind of fall into the the more ad hoc work um, mm. Not necessarily yeah. a, a trap, but like it's you, you kind of do one project and then it's kind of radio silence for a little bit. So yeah. I, I think moving forward to that eight would just be have a little bit more regular flow of of business and be able to kind of do it more consistently without without kind of waiting for the what's next. Yeah, I'm not shocked by that. Where you said most of your business comes from referrals, we we hear that from a lot of people who call in. Um, you know, a referral based business is fantastic because for the most part, it's free marketing, right? But um, exactly. but it can be less predictable, right? It can be like in September, 20 people call you and in October, no one calls you and it, and it can be very feast famine. So um, that'll, that'll be interesting to talk about today. I, I love the idea of um, 
sort of making your business more predictable, more reliable, a little building a little bit more of a foundation there. Tell me what what um, what your team looks like, if any, in the next year. Uh, you you don't currently have anyone else working with you, right? Yeah, it's it's entirely myself. Yeah, <laughs> just cool. just so with me. Do you want to keep it? I mean, there's nothing wrong with keeping it that way. I'm just curious. Do you want to keep it that way? Do you want to add some subcontractors or something? Or or what is? Tell me what the business looks like in that regard a year from now. Yeah, definitely, and and that's something that I'm I'm open to discussing as well. It's it's something that I don't really have a whole whole lot of insight into. Um, I mean, quite honestly, a lot of the a lot of the work that I do is just it's just been myself, and I'm sure a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of guests probably say the same thing. It's they're they're used to working on their own and kind of being a, a jack of all trades and getting it all done themselves. I mean, I, I do enjoy doing that. Ideally, it would be it would be awesome to bring someone else on board and and help kind of spread the the work out and maybe even some of the areas where where I might be able to focus more on. A lot of the yeah. work that I do does tend to be a little bit more of that gra- graphic design and creative kind of area. So mm. some mm-hmm. some of the other areas that I do offer services on, but could also get some additional support on, that would be fantastic. Cool. Okay. Cool. So, uh, so I think the the last question, and and people always ask this, right? When you have a side hustle, again, I had one for eight years. I, I know what it's like. <clears throat> and again, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer here, right? But um, is your goal then in the next year or maybe next few years to take the business full time, or do you just want to have like a really successful side hustle? Yeah, that's that's a great question, and I mean, I, I think in an ideal world, yeah, I would love to to be completely uh, self sufficient and, and do this full time. I think the the idea of being a creative and and doing the things that I'm really interested in doing and doing the projects that I want to work on sounds mm. super super enticing. Um, but right now, I'm I'm honestly I, I am fortunate that I do like my my day to day job. Um, it's not mm. something that I'm actively trying to to escape from or anything like that. Yeah. So. At the moment, I am really keen to to build it to uh, a point where I am really proud of. And if that does mean that I can take that full time, absolutely, I, I would absolutely encourage cool. that too. I love that. So keeping your options open, but not necessarily pushing one way or the other at this point. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Well, I love that. Okay, so let's let's talk through then maybe some of the hurdles that you're facing. So what what do you when you picture this business a year from now? You're at an eight on the scale. Uh, you've sort of painted what that looks like for us. What do you see as the biggest hurdles? What are some of the biggest things holding you back from getting to where you want to be at this point? Yeah, I mean, f- for me, and I'm, I'm sure it's kind of the same story for everyone else, it's it's a lot of time management challenges and mm-hmm. really understanding when that transition should really happen and when when to really know when to put more effort in and, and how to to manage that time to get more clients and and to be able to to do work efficiently and and just kind of move it forward when you're when you're kind of working with a, a full-time role right there's there's only so many hours in a day and and it's difficult to to know when when the next step should be yeah for sure um walk me through a few a few other aspects of your life like what else takes up time in your life are you married do you have kids do you have a partner do you have do you have like time consuming hobbies or is it mostly like work and your side hustle yeah for sure so it is i mean primarily it, it is work in my side hustle i i do have a partner my girlfriend and i we live here in ottawa with our dog um i don't have any kids so there's not there's not that big of a, a time commitment on on the outside of my my nine to five i suppose um we also like to to keep busy travel and and do all the fun stuff like that but um yeah i, I can carve out a good chunk of time to to commit to my my personal business for sure 
Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. But so the real, so the real question is like in the time that I do have, which is a fair amount of time, how do I optimize that time? Um, where you might only have an hour or two, three, maybe four on a good day, uh, you know, where you can work on the side business. Cause also you don't want to cut like what people don't realize is your side hustle. It can be tough because you work all day long and then you come home and the last thing you want to do is work some more. Um, at least for a long period of time like that, it's just, it's a lot to handle. And then you, you add that on top of, you know, your, your partner and your social life and like all those things, it can be, it can be a lot to handle. So is that, is that kind of where we're headed is like, how do I manage the time that I do have to grow the business despite only having maybe less than a few hours a day? Yeah, exactly. I, I think that is definitely it. I think a lot because a lot of the work that I do on my my day to day is very similar to the work that I do in my freelance business. My mm. my brain can kind of <laughs> get get a bit tired, which is totally understandable. But I, I also think one of the things that I, I do just struggle with is is knowing when to kind of ramp up the the business and and to commit that time to to getting more work in because like. Mm. If I'm thinking about it logically, if the more the more that I commit to to taking on new work, the more time that I'll need to commit. Sometimes clients might need to operate during like business hours, and when I say, "Oh well, I actually can't really do anything until the evening or potentially the weekends," I'm kind of almost limiting myself based off of my own time constraints. Mm. So it is it it is one part just general maintenance of of the the day to day and being um, kind of mentally there, but also yeah, it is it is just setting expectations with time uh, for mm. for the clients that I do have. Yeah, that's such a good point. It can be really difficult to manage those client relationships. Do you on on your side work? Do you find uh, that you mostly work with clients locally, like like face to face in person, or are you mostly working with them online remote? Yeah, fortunately, I a lot of the work does happen remote. Um, I, I did okay. used to live in the the greater Toronto area. So a lot of my clients are kind of based out of, of that area. Um, I've since moved, but the the clients have kind of remained. So it is, is cool. I mean, these days it's relatively easy to, to catch up over Zoom or yeah. Google Hangout yeah. or anything like that. And do you have flexibility during your day job to like, like, could you take an hour lunch and, and have some lunch and do a little bit of side business work? Or is that kind of off the table? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, fortunately, my, my my current role is is very flexible. I do work um, some interesting hours sometimes, anyways. So it is it's it's mm. not unheard of. Um, yeah. But I think at the same time, I I am just trying to be as cognizant as possible to to kind of respect one boundary with with another and for make sure. sure that they sure. they don't blend in <laughs> too too much. Yeah, I I actually really admire that. Um, like I said, that's maybe one of the hardest things about a, a side hustle that you're taking seriously, because it can be so easy. If you're sort of a lackluster employee, it can be really easy to spend work time on your business. Um, I found it hard to sleep at night if I ever did that, and I tried to be as upfront and honest as I could with my employer, with my my direct boss. Uh, but then also, I love what you said about balancing the other half, which is like um, not letting your job get in the way of your side hustle. Like your side hustle is a priority as well. And just like you would guard family time or uh, whatever, you you also guard your side hustle time from, from your job. And, you know, one thing may have to give at any given time, but for the most part, I love that you draw those boundaries. So yeah. let's, let's talk, let's talk a little bit about this idea of like time management, uh, when to, I love this question of like, when do I commit to more? When do I ramp up? How do I handle that where I still have my full-time job? Um, I've, I've had a few thoughts. I've been taking some notes. 
I think for me, the, the big thing, and you can tell me if this, if this resonates with what you're thinking. For me, the big thing is like, you're in a really good place with your job right now, and you're in a good place with your side hustle. And so there's no like pain, <laughs> right? It's just <laughs> exactly. all good. <laughs> um, exactly. And, and yeah. so <laughs> quite often, like those pain points will actually drive us toward growth. Um, and so, you know, some, some people will go as far as to say like, you should quit your job and then you just have to rely on your income. I'm not sure I'm that person necessarily. Um, I believe in a safety net. I believe in, and, and, and where you like your job, like you don't necessarily even have to take the business full time. But I do think one thing that's missing here is like some intentionality about the future. Um, I think some of these concerns and issues will go away. If you can say my five-year goal is to just have a killer side hustle where I make, you know, maybe 50% of what I'm making at my day job, or I match my day job income or whatever, like, but, but just to kind of, just to kind of say, I'm doing well at my job, I'm doing well in my side business, we'll see where this goes. I think that makes it hard to know when to put in more effort and what effort to put in. Does that, I don't know if, does that kind of resonate with your situation? What do you think? Yeah, definitely. I, I would absolutely say, say that's true. I, I think it is, it is knowing when you're going to commit a bit further. I, I think it mm. can, it, it can kind of not necessarily set you back, but it, it's definitely not helping moving forward if I don't have any kind of rigid um, targets to hit for for my own kind of business. I think that's definitely true. I think the comfort issue it, it is a real thing, and it will kind of keep me stuck in in my one spot if I if I'm not really looking <laughs> yeah. to to move it forward. So yeah, one hundred percent. And and to what you mentioned about just kind of having that cushion and and kind of that safety net, I think that's one of the the challenges as well. It's I, I've never personally ran any sort of freelance business prior to this or any personal business or anything like that. So all I really do know is, is kind of that nine to five situation. And, and mm. the, the safety net is, is it, honestly, it is a kind of a question mark. I, I don't even really know what that looks like. So I guess to your point in combination with, with not having those, those rigid kind of one yeah. year out or six months out or, or those kind of things matched with that, um, that safety net. It's yeah, it's, it's kind of a bit of a question mark. You hear us talking on the show all the time about social media and the importance of marketing yourself online as you grow your business. That's because social has played a huge role in both of our businesses as we've grown them, but actually getting customers from your social accounts to your website and ultimately to make a purchase can sometimes be more difficult than it should be. If you need a simple solution, I recommend you try getting a .bio domain from Porkbun. That's .bio, .bio. You can put it in your LinkedIn bio. You can put it wherever you want to put it so that people can get directly to your website. We've partnered with Porkbun a lot over the years for two reasons. First of all, we trust them and they offer better deals on domain names than anyone else that we know about. And right now you can get a .bio domain name for less than $3 at Porkbun. So for less than a cup of coffee, you can get a short, memorable, and professional .bio domain name to share yourself with the world. Just visit porkbun.com slash freelance or click the link in this episode's description. That's P-O-R-K-B-U-N.com slash freelance and you can get a .bio domain for $3 right now. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. 
LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs, and did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com freelance. That's linkedin.com freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, I, I completely understand that. Let me, if I can, I'm going to share a little bit of my story with you on my side, my side hustle, which is now my full time business. I um I started my side hustle before I got my first job out of university, and um and it wasn't really a business. I mean, I pretended like it was, but I w- I was barely making any money. You know, um, not that many clients, not that much work, but I was sort of just learning what it looked like. I was nowhere near where you're at. Um. I continued to build that business as I got my first job out of university. And then I ended up working, like I said before, about eight years um, at a full-time job. Uh, And then after eight years of working a few different jobs at a couple different companies, uh, out of nowhere, completely blindsided by it, um, our company laid off like half the people that were working there. And uh, I (laughs) I remember, this was so weird, but I remember being so happy and so excited. And I've thought about that. I've thought back on like why I was excited and happy. And and obviously I wanted to, I wanted to give it a shot to take my business full time. But I think in talking to my wife later about it, I think I've realized I was happy and I was excited because I knew that um, without a push like that, I'm not sure I ever would have done it, right? There are some people who will take that leap and who, who will go for it. And I had been building this business for eight years. It was making as much or more than I was at my day job. And I still wasn't pulling the trigger on this thing, right? Um, and again, I'm not saying, Travis, you have to take it full time. Like everyone's got their own situation. You got to figure out what you want. But but there is something to that comfort, right? There is something to that, like, um, I will say the, the year the year after, so I lost my job in the fall, took the business full time, had a few months to sort of get my feet under me. We did have a, a large safety net, which I'm going to come back to in just a minute um, to help you sort of sort that out. but. Um, but the year after that was my best year by far, like, like over doubled my revenue, um, that year, because I was able to dedicate all of my working hours to the business. And frankly, I worked less, uh, not just because I was doing a side hustle and a full-time job, but I worked less hours than a full-time job and I still made more money and it's, and it's just increased every year. So there's definitely like a lot of opportunity, but, but there's also just that temptation of like, well, I'm really comfortable, you know, um, I'm really like, I'm well paid at my job. I'm making some good money on the side, no complaints. Um, and, and again, that can be fine if that's what you want, but if you want to take the business full time, or if you want the business to be maybe bigger than it currently is, you might have to say to yourself, like, I need to, (laughs) I'm not going to go quit necessarily, but I might need to build in some pain points, right? Maybe I need to um, invest in some employees or something to where to where I have a little more skin in the game. Um, I think there can be lots of different ways, uh, is what I'm getting at, to to really build some skin in the game and some pain points that that force you to sort of think, okay, how can I grow this business more? 
Yeah, I, I, I find that really, really interesting. And, and what you mentioned um, there about <laughs> making almost the same as you were in your in your day job, and you were still still kind mm-hmm. of a, a bit yeah. a bit concerned to to do it, which I guess it, it's an entirely mental game, and there's got to be that I suppose like an inflection point where you're just like, okay, this is this is the moment. That's that's where it's mm-hmm. going to be, and and I can definitely relate to that. I think I think that's kind of it. it like we were talking about before, it, it is it is relatively straightforward if things are going well on, on both aspects but i i think yeah there's there's probably has to be something that's gonna kind of give me that that initial push um and maybe that's something that i still need to figure out what that looks like yeah and i mean don't get me wrong like there's some real upside to having a successful side hustle and just letting that be you you're so much more comfortable at work because you're like well if i got fired tomorrow or if the company went under tomorrow, I'd have I'd be fine, right? I have another source of income um, until I either decide to take it full time or I find another job. Um, you can you can leverage that toward like negotiating a higher salary. I leveraged it to get a huge raise at a different job that I applied for. Um, like there's just a lot of uh, Chris Gillibo talks about this in his book, The Art of Nonconformity. I'm sorry, uh, the hundred dollar startup where he talks about just there's just like this confidence that you can find when you have your own business um, that doesn't come otherwise when you're solely reliant on a paycheck from your boss every week. But um, but I wanted to talk a little bit about this idea of like a safety net because I think that's where the confidence comes from. So Travis, is it okay with you if we if we riff for a minute on on safety net? Yeah, financial safety net particularly. Definitely. Are there specific questions you have about it? Because I have some thoughts, but I want to make sure we head in the right direction. Like, is there, you you said you weren't quite sure what, what a safety net looks like or something like that. Are there specific questions yeah. you have about that? Yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, it may, maybe it is too simple or rudimentary, but like just just the idea of, is it is it as simple as, is your safety net large enough to sustain you for X number of months? Is mm. it is it aligning to kind of maybe your current salary and seeing if you can match that? Or is there some sort of magic formula that that is maybe <laughs> a, a percentage of of what you're currently earning, but maybe that's just something that depends on like your your level of comfortability um, or, or to, depends person to person. Yeah. Yeah. These are great questions. It definitely depends person to person, right? Because if I was talking to someone who had four kids and a mortgage, I didn't ask you if I have a mortgage, but, uh, you know, as opposed to like someone without a larger family or, or whatever, like that, it definitely looks a lot different, right? So let me walk you through kind of how mine looked. So what, what I, I'm not saying I did this right. I'm saying I sort of had an epiphany after the moment, after the fact. So I lost, I'm, I told you before I lost my job. Um, and, and I was, <laughs> I, when I lost my job, so they, they pulled us together in a team meeting in the morning and we typically, like we had this team meeting every day, but we show up that day and we realize half the company's not there. And it was the half that was staying at the company <laughs> and they had called in everyone who they were letting go, uh, to come in at the regular time and hadn't told us. So they didn't really call us in. They just, we all just came to work and they told everyone else who they weren't letting go to come in two hours late. And so they pull us in, we're all in this meeting, we realize half the company's not there, and the CEO gets up and he's sort of, he's sort of somber, and I start to realize what's going on, right? Um, after, after I got let go, so this was early morning, this was like maybe eight or nine in the morning, I, instead of driving home, I actually drove to the local library, <laughs> and I pulled out my laptop and I started working, because I had this side hustle that was now <laughs> my business, my full-time business, um, and I was like, I'm determined to figure this out. 
So I started crunching some numbers. I ended up selling like, I think like $2,000 worth of business that afternoon because I was just like, I have to prove that I can make some money because my goal was to go home and convince my wife that this was really a good idea. We had talked about it before. We had both been hesitant, but I was like, I got to, I just, I have to try this. This is the time. This is the moment I can get another job if it doesn't work, but I have to try it out. So, so crunched all the numbers. I built this little spreadsheet that had like all of our savings in it. And then I started to calculate out um, like about how much we spend a month on just regular stuff. Like if we just maintained our current lifestyle with our mortgage and our groceries and our kids and whatever, then how much do we spend every month? Right. So I, I tally all that up. And then I looked at how much money we had, uh, in savings between, between money from the side hustle that I kept obviously in a separate, a separate account and our own savings. And then I calculated it out and it was something like we had a, what I called a runway or a cushion of like 18 months at our current lifestyle. So I was like, look, let's try this for six months. If it doesn't work, we still have a year left to find a job and I know I can find a job. So that's what a safety net looked like to me. Um, what I didn't realize, like <laughs> I wished I had crunched those numbers way, way before then to know, oh, if I ever do choose, choose to leave and I want to take this full time, this is totally doable, you know, but it was, it was nevertheless, like really comforting, uh, in the moment to say, oh, we've got 18 months of current lifestyle. And if we really care a lot about making this work, we could even peel it back and, you know, bring back our expenses. Maybe we could last two full years or something. So to me, that's what a safety net looks like is like saying at my current lifestyle, if I don't want to change anything, how long can I survive before, <laughs> before I'm in big trouble, right? And, um, and that would be like taking into account like new clients that you can get with all the new free time that you're going to have and things like that. But that's kind of how I look at, at that safety net to, and, and everyone's comfortable with a different number. If Clay were here, he'd say he only needs like three to six months safety net to feel comfortable. I like a good year, right? Um, but everyone's different and everyone's going to have a different number in their head. So I can't necessarily tell you what the magic formula is, but that's kind of how it worked for me. Mm, yeah, I know that that's, that's really interesting. And I guess I, I have two questions. So my, my first question is, did you find when you, when you kind of created that safety net and as you were kind of progressing through that, that timeline, whether it is the first month or halfway through that six month phase, did you find that you were having to, to kind of sacrifice any certain types of things in, in your day to day? Did you find that because you had all of this, this free time, you're just like, well, I can, I can make that back kind of no problem it's, it's just something that's coming naturally now yeah there was there was maybe a little bit of both um i'm naturally a pretty frugal person but um but we we do live nicely like we um we like to spend money on things that we enjoy and uh and so you know i i would say i would say in the beginning in that sort of first six month period i think it was more of a subconscious thing like, I'm not, I'm not sure I sat down and said, like, this month, I'm not going to do da 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 I think it was more like, um, you know, maybe I'll choose this cheaper option of this thing, or maybe I'll skip this thing for today or, or whatever. And it was just sort of more of a frugal thing. But again, I've always been frugal, so it's hard to identify if there was a big change there. Um, I would say mostly things didn't change for us. But I think, I, I think that's 100% up to you, right? You can say sacrificing this and this sacrificing my daily coffee is completely worth it to me for six months to make sure that my business can take off and, and sustain me long term. You know, so I think those are just maybe all personal questions. Um, yeah, about your own lifestyle. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and I think, yeah, it's, it's just an interesting concept because I think I'm, I'm sure I'm definitely not alone in, in the feeling it's, it's knowing when, when that thing should happen, when it should, mm. should go over and, and when you're yeah. comfortable making that, that leap. Um, my, my second question is in, in your personal opinion, and this might be a harder question to, to answer just because you kind of went one way, but if, if things kind of were, if things continued on your previous with your previous role and, and you kind of continued, would you have still maybe taken that leap? Would that have been something that that happened anyways? Or do you think that that was kind of like that point that it just it it was there for you in that in that moment? Yeah, you know, I um, <laughs> I say this. Uh, so I'm working in my office right now and my my wife can probably hear me talking. So. <laughs> So, but, but I think this is fair to say, and I think she would agree with me. I think I, uh, I would have been much more willing to take the leap at some point than maybe she would have been. Um, I, I do think in the moment we both needed the push. Um, but I think I would have been maybe more willing earlier on to just say like, I bet I can make this work. I've got, I've got 18 months of runway. I bet I can make this work and just had gone for it, particularly because unlike you, I was unhappy at my job. Um, I had left a job that I really loved for a different job that paid much better, but that I ended up, I thought I was going to like, and I just ended up really disliking. And so, and so it's, you know, it's hard to answer in hindsight, right? Hindsight's 2020. I, I, um, I wish I had sooner. I wish I hadn't waited until I was pushed, but I recognize that, I kind of needed that. And particularly as a couple, we needed that, um, that little push to just say like, yeah, give, give this a shot. Um, because like I said, like I hadn't even worked out what my safety net looked like. I just knew that we had like money in the business and money in savings. And I had never sat down and done the math. If, if maybe I had done that, I'd have been like, we really should try this. <laughs> this um, should happen long ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and when it happened, I mean, I really wish I had forever ago done it. And I don't know if the business was always in a place where obviously it wasn't always in a place where we could have just done it, but probably the last three ish years of the side hustle, um, I could have easily done it and made it work. So mm. no, that, that, that is super interesting. And I, and I think that that financial aspect of, of everything is, is super crucial. And, and maybe that's something I need to wrap my head around a little bit more as well, um, actually mm-hmm. crunching those numbers and doing that. I, I think this is kind of a, a good segue into maybe some of the other questions that I, I was having, um, especially around that kind of financial management. Um, mm. Just with with that conversation, <laughs> I, I think it's, it's probably a bit obvious that crunching those numbers is not something that I've really done. And it's not something that I'm really fully cognizant of in the background. Um, mm. I guess my 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 question is how how would you kind of how would you work with uh, with someone or how would you how would you kind of focus on um, working on that financial management or taking someone who's maybe not quite financially literate and and bringing them to a point where they feel a little bit more comfortable with the financials to even really understand what those next steps are to run this business. Because like for myself, I like I said, I, I, I do my nine to five stuff. I don't really have to worry about the same kind of financials situation. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's more of like project to project or things that I'm working on with my company. But all those things in the back end are just kind of a complete unknown. I see. So, so you're saying like, because at your job, just tell me if I'm understanding this right, because at your job, yeah. you don't do a lot of the financial or administrative stuff. 
you're, you're kind of going like, I, I wouldn't really know how to handle that uh, in my own business. Exactly. You know, I, you're, you're great at creative work. You're great at uh, brainstorming and marketing and being successful and generating business for your boss. But it's like once you once you have to do all that and then also balance your own books and uh, determine your own profit margin and stuff like that. Is that kind of what I'm hearing? Yeah, exactly. It's it's I, I'm doing everything on the day to day, just trying to get the the actual job done. But I know full well that that's not all that sustains a proper mm. business, right? There there are so yeah. many other facets that we need to be aware of. And I think myself as a creative, I, I'm wholly focused on the creative aspect and not very much focused on on all those other aspects. And that's something that I think I need to develop and really really grow into. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. I love this question. Um, I think, I think, uh, it's important to note that like some people come by this naturally, right? I tend to be naturally passionate about what it takes to run a business, which maybe makes me, although I do have creative skills to do some of the things you do, although looking at your website, I'm not as good as you are. Uh, but I, but, but I also have, so, so uh, like I'm naturally passionate about the creative stuff. Um, but I'm also naturally passionate about like the problem solving and business growing stuff. And so I think it's important to point out that that's, you know, just like any passion you have, you may or may not have that. And I'm talking to you, Travis, but I'm also talking to listeners. Like it might be something that you kind of force yourself to do because it has to be done. Um, and that's, that's okay. And as your business grows, you can also start to outsource that to other people. You could potentially hire someone who basically runs the business, manages the money, manages, you know, profit margin, all, all these like MBA words, uh, manages all that stuff while you are sort of the creative director or creative person behind all the work. So there's definitely options for that. That's maybe further down the road, obviously. If you want to continue on your own, which I think makes complete sense for the stage that you're at, I would recommend a book called The Personal MBA. And, um, it's not the most dry business book (laughs) you can find, but it, you know, it's, it's going to be a little bit, uh, in the weeds, but it'll, it'll walk you through like the basics of business. So instead of getting uh, a business degree, an MBA, uh, that'll take you two to four years at a university, you read this book and you kind of, it's kind of the cliff notes of, of getting a, a degree in business. And it just walks you through like, here's what profit margin looks like. Here's how to measure your profit margin. Here's how to increase your profit margin. And it kind of just walks you through like what those steps might look like. Um, you could also, you know, you could also, depending on, I don't know, how big is the company that you work for? Uh, it's, we have like, uh, I think right now it's almost 11,000 people globally. Whoa. Okay. So huge. So I was going to say if it was sort <laughs> yeah, of a small company, large. yeah, I was going to say you could like shadow, uh, or, or like tap into, I learned a ton from my bosses about how they ran their business units or are the business as a whole. I reported directly to the CEO, at the job where I ended up getting laid off. And so I got to see him day to day running the business. Right. Um, there's also, you know, there's tons of business podcasts that'll sort of walk you through the, the business side of, of a creative business. Obviously this show, if you could dig into the archives, we've got a lot on, on just like running and growing the business aside from the creative work. I particularly really like the earliest episodes of a show called the fizzle show. Um, they helped me understand the ins and outs of creative business, uh, early on in my business. And, um, there's, I mean, there's lots out there, right. But, um, but I would say if it doesn't come to you, naturally which maybe it sounds like it doesn't to just be passionate about how business works you're probably going to have to make a a concerted 
intentional effort about studying it on a regular basis. Like maybe you take 25 minutes of your side hustle time every day or every other day, and you read some of these books or listen to some of these podcasts, or maybe instead of listening to a design, a graphic design podcast, you listen to a couple more business podcasts or whatever. But I think over time, it kind of, you accumulate that knowledge and experience, and then you just kind of have to start trying it and, and seeing what works in your business and what your style is and how that all works. I don't know. Is that, is that helpful? Yeah, no, it, that that's definitely helpful, and I, I kind of I think you can hit the nail on the head. I, I I wouldn't say these things really come naturally. I think um, yeah. it, it, in my past, it's it's really about trying to figure out like the deliverable, the the final product, the yeah, the thing sure. that that solves the the immediate issue, and that's kind of where I've been focused on. And I mean, and to be completely honest, in in the past, I never even really considered even running my own <laughs> business, my mm-hmm. own freelance business, mm-hmm. doing my thing on the side. It's it's always kind of started as I like to do creative work. I like to help people with their creative challenges. Um, if, if I can make some money off of it as well, hey, yeah, that, that sounds fantastic. Um, but those those areas are, are big question marks. But those are fantastic resources, and I definitely should check them out. Yeah, I particularly, like I said about that Fizzle show, the, like, like I said, maybe the first two to 300 episodes um, are really, really fantastic. There's a guy on there, his name's Chase Reeves, uh, and he talks about this thing called the worker bee. And uh, what does he call it? Like the, the, I can't remember. It's like the CEO and the worker bee or something, right? And, and sometimes you have to make decisions because you're the CEO of your company. And sometimes you have to make decisions because you're, you're the worker. And, but, but more often the CEO in a business makes the decisions, right? So, so you might like, uh, um, pull off your creative hat for a moment, put on your business hat. And you might say, I have to charge more for this work that I do, or it's just not worth the time that I'm putting into it. Right. And then you put on your creative hat and you go, Oh, but if I just could tweak this just a little bit more, <laughs> right. Cause we all do that. <laughs> if exactly. I could just do a little bit more, a little bit more and pretty soon your project's not profitable. And so you have to almost like have a split personality where, where you, on the one hand, you're a CEO and you say, we can't spend more than 10 hours on this project. We just can't. And then on the other hand, you know, the creative says, okay, I'll stay within those bounds. Uh, I'll be as creative and as talented as I can within those limits that you've set me, just like you would at a job, right? But now you're sort of adopting both of those roles. Mm, yeah, that that's really interesting. And, and I think that's a really good way to put it. And I would definitely relate to that on the day-to-day. It's like, I want to... I want to make sure that this is perfect. I, I tend to be yep. a bit of a perfectionist, make sure it's it's ready to go and it's exactly to the vision that I have, but also the vision that they have. But at the same time, yeah, you have to balance what's what's actually feasible and and profitable, like you said. I think yeah. one of the one of the things that I learned from your uh, a previous episode of, of the podcast was like the idea of just recurring revenue and and having things mm-hmm. set up in a way that that is that it's profitable but it you can package it in, in ways that you can that you're kind of constraining yourself in a certain way but it's logical it's it's in a way that makes sense for you as the producer and the client as the consumer so it kind of works on both where i find my my natural go-to is just like yeah just focus on the the creative output and, and that's <laughs> <Yeah>. great <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think as you sort of train yourself to put on the CEO hat versus the creative hat, um, you'll start to find like, there's obviously going to be some dissonance there, but, but I think 
I think you'll start to find like, oh, I can work within these boundaries that I'm setting for myself. You're obviously a disciplined person because I think it takes a disciplined person to have a successful side hustle, as I mentioned at the top of the show. And so you obviously have the discipline to say, no, I already decided before I got into the actual like pixels of this project that I can't spend more than 10 hours or I can't, you know, I have to deliver it by Friday or, or whatever, whatever. Um, and then you can say, I will do the absolute best, most creative work I can, but within those bounds. And then I think, I think, you know, that, that can really lead to a lot of satisfaction, just like it does at your day job, where it's like, I did the best, the absolute best that I could within the bounds that my boss set for me. But, but your boss or, or the CEO or whoever is always setting those bounds because they recognize that it's not about creative perfection. It's about profitability. Business is not about um, like delivering the most beautiful thing all the time. It's sometimes about that, but it's, it's always about staying in business, which means making a profit, right? Yeah, that's, that is really interesting. I think in, in like my, my day job, I think that is super, super prevalent. And, and it makes sense. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna waste time because like, they, they want to make sure that we can get the the projects done where we're efficient. We're not overworking on things. We're not spending time mm. where they, it doesn't need to be. So that makes total sense. But for some reason, there's just a bit of dissonance between my, my day to day and like the freelance. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and you know, part, part of the joy of working for yourself is that you can give yourself a little more wiggle room on that. Like you want to be able to work on projects that you enjoy. You want to be able to put your best work into it. So you do have to find the right balance, right? But but at some point, if it's hurting your profit, profitability, then your CEO self has to say, guys, <laughs> we can't take so long on these projects. And you have to kind of respect that. Um, but but I think it seems to me that you're the kind of person that could pull that off. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I think it's it's really a mindset, sh- mindset shift and making sure that that I, mm. I am paying attention to it. It's kind of always front of mind. And and like you said, it, it's a 50-50 kind of effort as opposed to just focusing on one thing and, and kind of coming back to the other piece. So yeah, I, I definitely think that's feasible. Yeah, cool. Well, I think we're coming up on the tail end of the episode here. Is there anything else, Travis, that's really been, you're really burning to talk about or, or should we wrap it up here? I mean, the only other thing, and, and this can be as short or as long as you want to answer, but um, based, based off of the scale that, that you provided, the kind of like the one is yeah. the freelancer, the, the 10 is the founder. I mean, I put myself as a four. Would you agree to that? Like, w- would you say that that kind of fits within your scale? Or is there, is there certain kind of milestones or mile markers that you attribute to maybe the scale that you, you created? That's such a great question. If you if you listen back on episodes and listeners who are listening now, you'll notice that we don't often comment on people's uh, sort of opening number <laughs> where they say they currently are. <laughs> and we have found because as we've discussed privately, each guest, it's like, oh, everyone interprets that kind of differently, right? Um, and, and, and even the top number, like we'll say, well, what does an eight look like to you? So that then we can have a meaningful conversation around it. Um, because an eight to you might look completely different. You know, we've had guests who say they want to be at an eight and that means they want to have 30 employees, uh, working, running the business full time. Like that's not anything like your eight, right? So, so I don't know that there's necessarily markers when we envisioned the, the scale, I will tell you, I sort of picture, so a one is like a freelancer or a side hustler, um, no employees, no real processes, no predictable revenue. So no, like, no, like lead generation processes, no recurring revenue, nothing really predictable, very feast famine. Um, very just like, I'm not sure where the next, 
check's going to come from, I don't know if I can do this long term, those kinds of thoughts. That was like a one. Um, and actually, I sort of spun that negative. I think there's actually plenty of people who are doing a one successfully. But it, but it's kind of the idea of, of like, um, really it boils down to like, if I walked away from the business, if I knock on wood, got hit by a bus, right? Uh, could the business keep rolling while I'm recovering in the hospital? Or could I take a month-long vacation, right? And, and most people at a one couldn't. Um, I would say most people at a two, three, four probably couldn't. You get up into the the higher numbers, the five, six, seven, eight. To me, that's when like, if you want to leave for a week, your team can handle things or your processes handle things or your clients are okay with it or whatever. Like you, you kind of built, your business is less you and more its own entity, the higher up that you get on that, that scale. Yeah, that that makes tons of sense, and and I, I totally agree. I guess it is super relevant, dependent on I kind of I guess your own business and where you're at. So just hearing you kind of discuss that helps me kind of put myself into into my own shoes and really understand. Well, yeah, like my four can be very different than someone else's four. So no, appreciate <laughs> yeah, that. yeah, definitely. Get yeah. That. Do you do you feel like after I after I said that, do you feel like you'd still put yourself at the same place and the same place that you'd want to be, or or would something change? I'm curious. Yeah, definitely. I, I think I would. Based off of based off of what you're what you're explaining and, and just our, our conversation overall, I think it does make make a lot of sense. Like I, I I could take some time off, and I think I would probably be okay. Um, I have some clients that that are a bit repeat and and would understand taking mm. that time off. So mm. I definitely get that. But then again, like you said, my my eight is not necessarily just a full look. I'm <laughs> I'm ready to go. I have plenty of people to work with. That is my vision. My eight's more of like. Like we said, it's just more comfortable and, and being more self-sufficient. Yeah. So I yeah. can definitely see. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, Travis, it's been a pleasure chatting with you today. I really have enjoyed uh, learning more about your business. And hopefully some of the stuff we've chatted about will help you moving forward. Do you want to remind people where they can find you if they end up wanting to work with you or just want to check out some of your work? Yeah, absolutely. So you can just head over to my website. Like we said at the beginning, it's Travis Boyko. Uh, last name is B-O-Y-C-O dot com. Um, feel free to check that out. You can also uh, reach out on LinkedIn as well. So yeah. Excellent. I'm definitely going to connect with you on LinkedIn. Travis, thank you so much for taking the time to join, uh, join me on the show today. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Really appreciate it as well. All right. Take care. Freelance to Founder is produced by the team at Millo. Visit millo.co to level up your freelancing. And Dripify, visit getdripify.com to become a bad A in business. Freelance to Founder is also part of the Podglomerate. You can check out more amazing podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music for this show was produced by Joaquin Carud. You can catch past episodes at freelancetofounder.com or by searching Freelance to Founder in your favorite podcast player. While you're at it, we'd love an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. Until next time. See ya.